following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, a lot of times uh, we will be, you might say, the victims of something called manipulation. And I know that you've Mm -hmm. talked about that in the past and that you had uh, dealt with that quite a bit and you've written material on it. And so what is what are some of the ways that that people are are especially verbally manipulated? Hmm. Well, now, it's it's not that I dealt with it. It's I I continued to be manipulated Hmm. and I I knew it, but I thought I had no choice. Um, I just grew up that way and it was uh, very painful. So. Uh, and let me go on and give a definition because when uh, years ago I did the keys on we call them keys for living or counseling keys uh, there wasn't a book uh, there wasn't material on it and uh, so manipulation is the art and I call it an art of controlling people or circumstances by indirect unfair or deceptive means especially to one's own advantage and the reason I'm talking about an art, uh, there are people who are skilled at ma- manipulating others. And the problem is uh, I just knew that would take place, and I did not have boundaries, didn't know th- about boundaries. And um, what I learned is that manipulation happens to those who allow others to have excessive control over them. Meaning, uh, that was that was me, and uh, I I knew I was being controlled, but again I did not know I had a choice, and that is not true. I did hear one day somebody say something to this effect: "You can't be manipulated unless you allow it." And I remember thinking, "No, that's not true. I'm not allowing it." And then I had to. I really thought about it, and I thought, "Oh." Mm. I think that is true. Yes. Okay. Mm. So anyway, this. So uh, you asked about. Um, so so in our characteristics, we have eight characteristics of of um, verbal manipulation, and I call it the number one guilt game. By the way, that mm. manipulation is the number one guilt game because that's what people do. They use guilt and make you feel guilty to thinking you have no choice at least for me and you know now i i have eyes to see but i did not for a number of decades so i i have um the first is the subversive schemer uh this is where there'll be a plot or um, maybe it's use distorting reality or telling half truths um um and and I'm I'm just thinking about illustrations, but I've got I want to get more of these here. Uh, but the manipulator is implying if you if you don't do what I want you to do, I will trick you into doing it. And uh, the Bible says uh, he catches the wise by their craftiness, the schemes of the. The wily are swept away. Anyway, that's in Job 5.13. Um, 
uh, let me go to a second one, and it's the scheming shoulds. You should meet my needs. You should make me happy. You should give me security. You ought to, need to, have to. And uh, there are a lot of people who are controlled by somebody who says, you know, you're supposed to meet all my needs. Mm. Um, I, again, thought I had to do that. Uh, the manipulator, by the way, is implying if you don't meet all my expectations, you're guilty of neglect. And yet, the Bible says love is not self-seeking. So this is not a healthy relationship. And, and the bottom line is this. If we are looking to another person to meet all our needs, or let me turn it around, if you believe you have to meet all of another person's needs, you can be sincere, but that's sincerely wrong. The Bible says, my God will ply, supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we were not designed to meet all of another person's needs. And there are times we have to say no to people so that we can say yes to God. And I'm going to repeat that because I had to learn that. There are times I need to say no to people so I can say yes to God. And if someone is looking to me to meet all of their needs or to make them secure, you know, you think about it, uh, and you and I have talked about this, Jeff, mm -hmm. if in marriage you think, well, aren't I supposed to meet all of Amy's needs? That's right. Uh, no. No. no God no. is the need meter. Mm -hmm. And once you learn that, it, it's like, I want to do what I can, but I can't meet all your needs because then I'm taking the place that God alone should have. That is not what we're to do. And it'll free us to, instead of doing things out of obligation because somebody's expecting us, we've just got to get stronger in this area. And I had to, uh, I, I really... Uh, this was my one of my hardest things to overcome. And so for those who are struggling um, and you begin to think, am I, am I being manipulated? Well, at times do you do things you don't want to do? Because are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. 
That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get to our caller in a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of manipulation, we have keys for living on that topic, and we'd like to get those into your hands if that's something that would help you and uh, if that's uh, a, a struggle that you have in your life or if there's anything else you'd like to talk to our customer support team and they'll help you to get the right information in your hands. Their number is 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our keys for living on manipulation called Cutting the Strings that control. You can talk to them about that resource. The number is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If you'd like to get in touch by email, you may do so at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. And talk to them about any topics and resources discussed in tonight's program. Well, let's get to tonight's caller, and we welcome a listener on KKLA in California. This evening, we have Paula. Hello, Paula. Welcome to Hope. Hello. Hi. This June, is June. Thank you. Yes. Thank You're you so for welcome. having me on the show. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you joined us. What can we do? How do we help you? Um, oh, it's a lot, but my friends are telling me to just let stuff go. And I have a hard time releasing when I feel disappointed, when I feel rejected, when I feel not heard. Mm. I've had a lot of trauma and abuse in my life, and I want to know how to just let go. When people don't want me, when they don't want to have any type of relationship with me, I want to know how to release. Mm. And not hold on to what could have, should have. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned trauma. Um, that impacts us uh, in the deepest part of our hearts. And especially if there was trauma in the early years. Did you have trauma early on? Yes. I lost my mom at a very, very young age. How old was she? I was molested and all types of things at a young age for years. I didn't have 
Mm. Sorry. T- tell me, how, how old was your mom when you lost her? My mom was 27. Oh, wow. And how old were you? Three. Four. Three? Four. Four. Oh, bless your heart. Mm. Wow. I'm so sorry. Um, there's a yearning for a mother, and uh, that's very, very early. And you said you were molested. How old were you when that started? I remember it as soon as I got to that foster home. I remember it. I remember I can tell you what happened. Mm. But I had a good foster mom. She loved me. That was the only person that I can say I felt that loved me. For me, with all the Mm. messed up yes and I was angry as a kid and I used to yell and just it was a lot and she loved me Mm. that was the only person and she died too and when she died I felt like there's nobody left I said Lord there's nobody left Mm. how old were you when she died I was um Oh my goodness, I had to be in my 20s. Hold on, I was, um, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Oh, I was in my 20s when she died. Mm. Wow, that hurts. Uh, uh, when, well, actually, obviously I was 30, she, I was 36 mm-hmm. when she passed away. 36, well. Yeah, it was just before my birthday. Mm. So you had only lived about um, a little over a third of your life at that point. Um, It matters who is in our lives and what has happened as you've talked about trauma. I gather you, you were talking very kindly about the foster mother, that she was the one that you knew had true love for you. Um, yes. Who was the molester? It, it was all those other creepy people that used to come around there that was relatives. Oh. Of the I foster, of the foster. And I married mm-hmm. an abuser. Mm. Wow. So how long were you married to the abuser? It was almost seven years. Mm. Yeah. Many many people, um, when they've been abused, they don't know how to discern who are abusers. And it is not unusual to, you you don't want to marry an abuser, but Many times that is the story, like when there's even been uh, domestic violence, then they can be out of that relationship, and then they marry another abuser. And it's they all the more 
do we need to be very, very specific and learn how to, I'm going to just say, be discerning about those who are uh, not healthy to be with. And there are a lot of people who are not healthy to be around. And you know that firsthand. Mm. So, what what kind of work have you done um, in your life? How, and may, may I ask how old you are? I am fifty-seven. Okay. And, and I've so, worked with special ed children, and oh. I've worked with older adults, and I hmm. love that. You know something. The reason I asked you is. I thought, I have a hunch or I felt that there's a likelihood that you would work with people in a, in a caregiving way. And so it made me smile when you said, I work with special ed children. See, because you understand. You understand what it's like to be rejected, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. Mm. And therefore, all the more special ed children can feel very um, picked on because sometimes they are. They can feel different, not accepted. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you have been meaningful to children at times when there's not been someone who they feel can really care for them. Yes. True. How long have you worked with special ed children? Um, I worked from, wow, from the 90s, the late 90s, like 99, until um, just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Learn a lot from them. You learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And I enjoyed working with them. And then you said you also have worked with the elderly. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes. What have you done there? Um, taking care of them, cleaning their houses, helping them bathe different chores. My mm -hmm. mom, she used to she used to have me do that in the neighborhood, coming up, mm. believe it or not, mm. <laughs> helping the seniors. Yes. When I was a kid, <laughs> believe it or not. You know, some people just flat don't know how to do that. And I think it's actually a joy. Um, yeah. You know, if, as I've had certain um, friends who have mothers, and then I would do certain things for them. And it was, and I'm talking about uh, when they were very, uh, their, their mothers would be quite older, and I would say, you go on, I'll take care of your mom. You go on, you need to, you need to be able to get out of the house. And, you know, a lot of people can't do that. And I think you would know that. Is that correct, Paula? Correct. Hmm. You are definitely correct. 
Will they my know? My mom was older than me, uh, way older than me. My foster mom mm. way older than me. But you, but she taught you how to do that. She would tell me, go help so-and-so. They have to go grocery shopping. Go mm -hmm. over here and do this. Go help clean up this one and help this one. So I would go around the neighborhood and, and help, you know? Mm. And yes. I would help with the seniors who were like 90, 89, and 90 mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, you're, when you do that, that is a gift that you give them. And that is huge. So I can hear that at least my assumption is going to be, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that because of the pain you've experienced in your life early on uh, and for however long, um, you understand the needs when, when there is someone in need uh, that sensitizes your heart. Is that correct? Yes. Well, that makes yes. you a very, very, very special person. Because many people don't even see the needs of others. And so I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out in a very specific way. Um, so when you said, I married an abuser, is it just like one relationship you've had where you've been abused or have there been other situations that have been painful to you? There's been other situations also. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. what, what? What I would like want to do is um, ask if there are, if it's repeated, do, would you like for us to explore for you to have a, how do you, what do you do when you have abusive people in your life? What, how do you handle that? Um, because God's will is not that you be abused and once you learn some things to do you can help others do you ever struggle to believe that god loves you that he accepts you forgives you and sees you as precious and beloved to him so many of us have a distorted image of god that he is distant disappointed or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives the truth is, God cares about you more than you believe. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular 31-day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. You will gain biblical insight to help embrace the life-changing truth of the identity you have through your relationship with Jesus Christ. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night. And we give praise to God for how it has been used by Him to change so many lives for so many years. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes, for yourself or for a loved one at junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org. 
We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE. And that's uh, anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And they'll help you to uh, understand God's uh, hope through our resources. If there's something you're dealing with in life and you'd like to know more, about uh, any of the situations that we talk about here on the program. We'd like to help you with our information that will uh, help you and, uh, and uh, would, would make you uh, find some uh, hope in that situation, find some steps forward. So our materials, again, are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Now, if you would like to speak with June about a situation in your life on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we welcome your call at 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-NIGHT-17. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back to you and see what questions you have and uh, schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. We have availability in the next uh, few days, so we'd like, really like to hear from you and get that scheduled for you. The number again, 800-917-800-644-4817. Let's return to our conversation with Paula. Well, Paula, I- I'm hearing that not only was there tremendous insecurity in your childhood because your mom died when you were only four years old. And uh, by the way, did you have a father in the home? No. I met him when I was 26 years old, just before he died. Mm. And he said mom and him had just a very rough marriage and he only spoke a little bit because he had cancer and he passed away but I did meet him I thank God I did get the opportunity to meet him good good so what would you want us the two of us to deal with that's been challenging to you I would like to know how to release things. My friends Mm -hmm. are telling me, just let it go because I've been disappointed because I wanted a relationship with someone. It didn't work out. 
And I did mess up. I fell into sexual sin. And I stopped. I repented. And that person went on with their life with somebody else. Mm. Like I was absolutely nothing. And I feel like people discard me and they get the opportunity to hurt me. And I'm just left messed up. I want to know how to release and not hold on. If people leave my life, mm -hmm. just like my mom did, she, she couldn't control that. No. Just like my foster mom did. She couldn't control that. I want to know how to release them and not hold on. I don't want to hold on to things in my heart. I can't handle it. No, I can't. I can't. When I fail and mess up, oh, I get so upset. And I don't want to be angry about if I can't do something right. And then something doesn't turn out right. I just want to say, okay, you know, something else will take place. It's tough letting it go. It's like I go around and talk about it and to myself, and it's just over and over, and I got to let it go. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. That's what I need. I need Look. to know how. Okay, let me ask this. Do you think the issue could be not really knowing how to forgive. Is that what you think part of it is? Part of it is, but it's hard for me to forgive me. It's mm. hard for me to forgive. When I let these people in my life. I dated these. I let them in my life. Mm. And they did... They hurt me. They pretended to care or whatever the case may be. People okay. use that word they love, but I just don't get it. I don't. I don't get it no more. I just want to know how to release hmm. people. And I said, I've been praying and asking people and calling them and asking them to forgive me because I don't want to have anybody in my heart. I don't want to have any anger. Mm -hmm. I want to know how to pray for them, but I want to know how to pray for myself. Because I keep on thinking, oh gosh, how stupid am I to let this, to do the things that I've done. It's just, um, I don't think I'm smart. Well, first of all, you have a huge, caring heart. You have a tender heart. And yet, it may be because of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the term abandonment. I'm gonna, uh, there are times when we can have a lot of pain early on in life. And, uh, and I'm really talking about me, uh, so I know that personally. Um, um, when... When people are, when when you grow up in a dysfunctional family, or where there's a lot of dysfunction around, um, and and you don't see stability, um, I know that early on I would uh, get into a type of relationship where I I would, in, on the inside of my heart, I would feel desperate. And I would do anything. I kept thinking, well, I'll, I'll do enough to please. I'll do whatever, you know. 
but it didn't work because um, there were some things I didn't get. I had to learn don't determine, don't, don't live for the approval of people. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say do that. In fact, I'm going to give you um, a scripture that really helped me. It was Galatians 1.10, and that passage says, and this is uh, incredibly important, uh, how it, the impact it had on me. It, it's like there's a question. Am I now trying to win the approval of people or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be the servant of Christ. Now, that, when I saw that scripture for the first time, I thought, but aren't I, aren't I supposed to please people? But if the, the Bible actually says, no, you're not to be a people pleaser. We are, there, we are to be giving and kind and do certain things, but not live for the approval of another person, or else it's like we have the wrong mindset, and we can then end up being controlled by those people. By the way, is this making sense at all? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because I did everything to try to please that person to get the mm -hmm. person to love me. Mm -hmm. And they didn't love me. They left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they didn't love Christ either, so. Got it. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you two things. First of all, um, as as hurt as you are, there is still all the hope in the world for you, because you and I are going to talk about several things that are going to make a difference. When you said the word release, are you aware that that's what the word forgive or forgiveness means. It's the word, it's the word release. And you've used that several times. And so I want to describe something to you. Uh, forgiveness is releasing your rights in this way. It's releasing your right to hear I'm sorry, releasing your right to be bitter, releasing your right to get even. Um, it is uh, releasing your right to dwell on the offense, to keep holding on to the offense, to keep bringing up the offense. You see, we're wow. we're letting the event we can let not wanting to but letting that event or the woundedness control us and so this is what what I want to say that well I'll just ask you what what has have you thought forgiveness really means I thought it meant just 
uh, just to let that person go, even if they don't come back and say sorry. Just forgive them. I don't have to have them in my life close up to me, but I have to love them. I have to love them. Um, I used to live for my dad to say, I'm sorry, because he had three families going on at the same time, and we were the third family, and he was much, much, much older than my mom, and he was cruel at times. And um, I hated him because of how he treated her. And I'm saying that because I kept waiting for him. He, I never heard him admit wrong. And he was successful in business, but <laughs> uh, it, it just, we, we had a very painful home. And he had multiple women and all that. And so I want you to know that uh, when I began to learn about forgiveness, and I, I, didn't, I didn't think I, uh, I, I thought, well, God understands my situation. And so, because I, I had become a Christian, and I thought, all right, I, I know that scripture, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. But I thought, but God knows I, I'm, I can't forgive. I, you know, I, at least I thought so. So I had a wrong view of forgiveness. And I, my mom was cut down by him, and he, you know, he said some bad things. And, and I went up to her, I said, how can you be so nice to him? And then she said, oh, honey, he doesn't know the Lord. If he only knew the Lord, he wouldn't be that way. I thought, huh, she's not focusing on his fault. She's focusing on his need. I'm focusing on his fault. Wow. And my friend, I can tell you that changed my paradigm, my thought pattern. And um, because I was only focusing on what he did wrong, I didn't want to see what he did right. And so when we come back, I'm going to tell you what I learned. Um, I and and it it took it took uh, several years to, for me to learn what true forgiveness is. And no matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that when we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. 
The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any any number of topics, there are over 100 of what we call Keys for Living that will help you to address your situation. Our Keys for Living cover any one particular topic and really do a full treatment of that topic and its causes, definitions, and and its then um, help for those some solutions that uh, you can find in those uh, those keys for living. They uh, provide biblical hope and practical help on so many topics. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they can recommend some of our resources for you. Our Keys for Living on Forgiveness is called Releasing You is Freeing Me. And also, June has written a book on forgiveness called How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. Those and many other resources are available as you call customer support at 800-488-HOPE. Also, check out our website for a full listing of our resources. That's hopefortheheart.org slash store. And you can find our updated Keys for Living, also biblical resources that June has produced over the years with Bible studies and other books, and it's all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Returning now to our conversation tonight with Paula. Well, Paula, when I um, first taught, the first time I ever taught on the topic, forgiveness, I had a large group, and I said, what do you think forgiveness means? That was my first question. And the first answer was, it means being a weak martyr. I thought, my goodness. I was expecting, I did not expect that. Being a weak martyr. And then the next person said, it means being a doormat. Now, I will say this. Forgiveness is not being a doormat. If that were the case, Jesus would have been the greatest doormat of all. Because when he was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And the problem there is forgiveness is not at all being a doormat. We are told to forgive, and yet I will admit I did not know how to forgive for some time. Uh, 
And my reason for not forgiving was, well, you're just letting the guilty off the hook. And I thought, how, how can that be right? In other words, Adam and Eve, they were told one thing not to do. God told them, it gave them a directive, do not do this. What was that? Not to eat the fruit. Yes, from that particular tree. The tree, yes. What did they do? They disobeyed and they ate it. Mm-hmm. And I there was, well, but what I'm, what I'm going to say is, but God gave them, like, if you do this, then there's a repercussion. And they were literally uh, expelled from the garden. There was a broken relationship that they had had earlier with God. And then they experienced a type of death. It was spiritual death. It wasn't physical. But that broke the relationship. And um, that's why it didn't seem to make sense to me. Because God gives the Ten Commandments. And or a lot of times there are consequences that are presented. But I didn't see that with forgiveness. To me, it's just like letting them off the hook. Do you understand my dilemma? Okay. All right. So this is what I had to learn. I was wrong. It's not letting them off the hook. It's taking the person who has hurt us and putting that person, taking them off of our emotional hook and put them onto God's hook. Because he says, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. So, in truth, I have a thought, and I, I just feel real committed to try to help, because I've been through uh, some of the experiences that have caused the pain, the kind of pain that you have. I wonder if we could do this. You, you tell me, who has hurt you the very most? And it could be right now. It could be, could have been a long time ago. But when, when I say, who's hurt you the most, is it, do you want to mention somebody now or from the past? Yes. I'm going to mention now. Okay. Now. Is this the man that you talked about? Yes. That okay. hurt me the most. That hurt me the most because I just, like you said, you can put so much into a person and just trying to do stuff to mm-hmm. make them. Yeah. And it's just like, it was nothing. It was absolutely all. It was nothing. To, nothing. It felt like it was nothing. To nothing. Well, now I'm going to give you the the plus side of what he's done. Do you really want to be hooked the rest of your life to somebody who already you knew was immoral? No, I don't. No, yeah. I don't. So, no, I don't. yes, he did hurt you. 
But he wasn't the kind of man where it's iron sharpening iron. He wasn't sharpening you, was he? No. So in reality, you don't you don't want to have that kind of person. And one of the things that I have appreciated in Scripture is a particular verse in Proverbs, which is the book on wisdom. And I can tell that you know some substance about the Bible. In Proverbs 20, 13, the Bible says, He who walks with the wise grows wise. Or she who walks with the wise grows wise. And I want you to start praying every day, beginning tonight, for God to bring to you a wise person, wise persons. It could be two or three. Because I believe that through some of your experience, you can be such a blessing because you care. You care about people's hearts whether it's children, whether it's the elderly, but you you like meeting needs. And yet, I can tell you that it matters. God wants you to have several wise people in your life. And it won't be like that man, because that man's a taker, not a giver, Right? Okay. Yes. So so what my thought is I want you to tell me right now. You give me a list of things. I've got my pen out. I've got paper. What did he hurt that wounded you so much? He hurt my heart. He hurt my mind. My Emotion. Mm hmm. That's okay. what You see, if I asked you to be very specific, what I'm, I'm thinking, you've had a number of people who've hurt you. And I would like for you to do this and we're going to if you are wanting to we're going to talk again because I would like to give you an assignment and then we're going to do something with the pain that you've experienced Um, by the way would you like for us to talk again yes I would yes okay well I want you to take a piece of paper, and I think it, it's going to be several pieces, but just like an eight and a half and eleven by eleven, and put a line in the that's basically in the center from the top to the bottom. And this is going to be those who have hurt you. But start in childhood, the earliest years. Let's do it chronologically. Like, for example, who would be the first that you can think of 
that wounded you, that hurt you? I thought it was my mom by dying. I didn't understand it, but that's what I thought. Her leaving all of us. Do you think she wanted to die? No. That's right. I know now. I know now, but I thought that was... But the person who molested me first, that was the person. Okay. I thought you would go there. And then what I want you to do is put that person's name, and it's not for others to see this, but then write the specifics. What did that molester do that hurt you and the impact on you? And then go to the next person. So it's going to be your childhood, let's say up to, we could make it up to 12 and then your teenage years, and then your young adult, and then, you know, then mid-adult, because that's where you are. And so, and, and just each person, just say, God, bring to mind those who have hurt me, those who've wounded my heart, those who've literally... Uh, taken life out of me and what we're going to do and I want you to see this when we are told bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another uh, the way you forgive is be specific it's like look at taking that person off of your emotional hook and you put that person onto God's hook, and that means he is the one who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So you're not letting him off the hook, you're just putting them onto God's hook. And we're gonna go do one at a time, but it, if as you make your list, um, if you have tears, fine. If you have anger okay the bible says be angry but do not sin but whatever the emotions are that's what they are right now but we're going to do this is going to be how to forgive when you don't feel like it because god wants us to have victory in this area and i think you have a very tender heart and it needs to be healed we will send our keys for living on forgiveness called Releasing You is Freeing Me. We'll send that out to tonight's caller, and we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. We thank you for that. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash hope. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. To get in touch with the program, call 800-917. We have immediate availability. We'd like to hear from you. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.